through the, the journey of a learner, someone who's excited enough to want to learn a language, who's downloaded that po- first podcast or bought the first book or bought the first list of recommended language learning guides, what should be going through their mind before they delve in? Um, <laughs> actually, a funny note on that, my partner laughs at my... Um my biggest skill is to remove ex- suck out excitement out of people. <laughs> Just when they right, are too okay. excited, I bring them back to earth. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, that's unfortunately, I mean, maybe fortunately how it starts. People, people have a lot of, um, I don't know, like this internal, like starting spark, which is, I also predicted what's going to happen in January. I expect to get many clients who want to start a variety of projects from language learning to fitness um, to, I don't know, other self-improvement courses. And and this kind of um, motivation fades away very quickly if it's not supplied with, I guess, more concrete more concrete thinking okay so, so you're suggesting that someone that joins someone that joins a gym in january with their new year new you promotional offer is doing so in a reactionary way in a kind of in, instinctive dare i say fast brain way of thinking without necessarily <sighs> planning the next 12 months ahead of themselves yes correct i think that i think the first the first mistake people make with this kinds of planning is not realizing how long it's going to take um, that any transformation um, takes longer than a month, <laughs> and yes, and that the step of habit building is a whole separate step. Right. Um, There's a bit of a paradox in language learning, though, isn't there? Because on the one hand, I agree with you that I think people do underestimate how long it takes to master a language, but on the other hand, I think a lot of people underestimate how possible it is. And I know plenty of people who go, "Well, I could never learn French." Or mm. I, I could never learn Japanese like you. I could. I couldn't even. I couldn't even learn how to say, uh, "Please, can I have the the curry?" I just can't even memorize that sentence. I, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. just use you. You know. I think that there's a there's a big gap, isn't there, between some people thinking impossible, never going to happen, uh, and some people optimistically thinking it's going to happen in a month. <laughs> Why yes, that? that's true. That's true. That's true. There are just uh, yeah, like you say, it's uh, it's just this this spectrum or it's a, it's a tendency for people to have this black and white thinking um rather than having a more balanced approach approach and realizing that there are you know there are difficulties but then it is also uh, it is also possible i think the main the main block the main problem is that people don't spend sufficient time on planning and anticipating anticipating obstacles so this sounds pretty boring <laughs> yes it is it is pretty boring planning is always boring <laughs> so how could you motivate me to not only learn a language but also motivate me to want to plan <laughs> um what are the advantages what's the upside well the upside is that with a plan you're more likely to succeed and that's um so that's is that of... true is that true how have, have studies been done on this I am fairly confident there have I cannot um, from the top of my head uh, give you any references but indeed planning and and especially especially the kind of planning that what do you call these things oh pre-mortems you know you probably know this from the startup 
industry. You yes. know, when you when you anticipate how in what would cause you to fail. Like you make an assumption yes. that, you know, we are three months in the future and we have failed. Why did it happen? Yes, I think um, that's a very good idea and lots of things to, to write your own obituary. So, you know, I'm going to yes. launch this project. What's the most likely reason it's going to to fail? And, and sometimes you, you write things which are going to be completely out of your control if it happens. Mm-hmm. Right? But some things you can you can anticipate. Okay, well, if that's why we're likely to fail, maybe we should double yeah. down on that. And that's, I mean, that's, um, again, I cannot remember the specific study, but this comes from, I think, evolutionary biology that the brain or just... We want to expend the least amount of resources on anything we do. Therefore, when we, when we think of it as a success, we don't, we don't want to anticipate and plan for failures that are not going to happen. And therefore, our, our estimate of, of success, our estimate of the likelihood of, of success is kind of, is overblown. And when we spend time, I mean, which means that we actually don't, don't, put in enough enough effort to to make it happen. If we make if we make a list of obstacles, we will actually spend um, an accurate amount of input, an accurate amount of effort into the project. Especially the obstacles that are very likely to happen, because there are many obstacles that um, okay. that are likely to happen in when we pursue any goal. So I think on a top level basis you've made a fairly persuasive case that you shouldn't just dive in, you should make a plan. The next question is, obviously, what should that plan be? And also, secondarily, once you've made the plan, how do you stick to it? Um, okay. Um, I think that any plan you make will depend, will depend on your goal. And people have different goals, again, whether it comes to languages or anything else. So a goal for a language learner could be um, something like get a job in a specified country. I don't know, I want to learn Japanese, get a, get a job in Japan. Um, it can be a part of some organized course, for instance, or if you want to pass a specific exam. That you know, requires a completely different plan, a completely different learning strategy. Or you can have a goal like um, you know, being able to order at a restaurant or something very like practical and active. And I think, um, I mean, any goal with with any goal, you should be clear to yourself why exactly this goal is worth pursuing uh, for you. And I, yeah, I, I refer to this as kind of making a sales pitch to yourself. You want to see how this how this skill of having a language is actually helping you have a better life. Because there will be points along the way where you will lose motivation or you will, uh, you will doubt whether what you're doing is worth it. But if you see, it, but if you see the, the skill at the end of the road as a component of your new self, your new better self, your new better life, it will be much easier for you to to go through these hurdles and um, actually get there. So, you know, if your vision of your new self is this, you know, oh, now I'm this eloquent person who can confidently order in French at a restaurant and I make this impression on, on the ladies and, you know, I don't know what. Um, 
then you know having this vision in your head will actually uh, will actually motivate you when you when you struggle to memorize some irregular verbs or something. I suppose that's the difficulty, though, isn't it? Because even if you have that kind of north star, that you know, I, I want to be able to confidently order my Sauvignon Blanc in a convincing French accent in front of somebody uh, beautiful or handsome. It's very hard to make a link between that moment and looking at the passive causative verbs in a grammar textbook. Um, yes, that's, that's where the plan comes in. <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess, yeah, once you've got that big dream, how do we then go, right, let's break it down and make sure that on a day-to-day basis, I'm still getting up and doing something that's valuable. Um, well, yeah, um, that's once we are clear what what the goal is, and many people, trust me, many people are not, or many people are lying to themselves, um, that, you know, what they want is just to be able to read uh, read literature. And then, and then what right. they actually want is to, like, talk to their in-laws. But, you know, they right. have a vision that, oh, learning a language is all about immersing themselves in the culture or blah, blah, blah. But they actually have a practical aim, yeah. So there, there is, yeah, a lot of work to be done in specifying what exactly you're trying to do. And so would you suggest that generally you undershoot? You don't go, I plan to read Camus in native French, but rather, you know, I'd like to be able to order in a bakery. Like, is, is it is it better to undershoot? Um, I think it's better to be realistic. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. and to, to, to realize how much effort each of these things would require and how different yep. the skills are. I mean, you also speak a few languages, so you know that the skill of reading and the skill of speaking especially kind of I mean, speaking interactively into a person who speaks back at you and you don't know what they're going to say is a mm. different skill than um than reading literature um which is you know i guess more like passive than uh, actively generating things that are meant to you know cause things to happen in the world mm. um I guess in in short, it's best to yeah, it's best to be it's best to be realistic and really understand what what your goal actually involves. So you've pinpointed your goal and you've decided that I want to be able to I don't know, let's say uh, enter a university in that country. I think a lot of people have have that kind of goal. Pass an entrance exam for for a university for a foreign exchange program. Mm-hmm. For those kind of goals, sometimes there's kind of a set deadline, right? You know, in three years' mm-hmm. time, if I don't pass this exam, my qualifications have expired or, you know, I, I can no longer get a bursary or whatever it is. And there's kind of external factors which will concentrate the mind and make sure you prioritize this. But for many people, there, there's no such external factors. It all has to come from the inside and you setting a certain deadline. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's important to give yourselves goals in terms of calendar months and years and not just amount of time studying uh, i think it's important to have some milestones on the way i don't think they have they necessarily have to be um calendar bound and i, I mean the, the the role of these milestones is just to give to give yourself a sense of progress or to to have this moment where you notice aha i've been i've been at point zero now i'm at point X when I know ten words, like this is more than mm. zero. That's great. I have progressed. So, you know, whether it took five days or three weeks, like shouldn't really matter. Different people learn at different at different speeds. So, I I think it could be demotivating for 
for for some people um, at least to, to have a learning deadline then kind of don't make not make it because they're not the kind of person who can can work to a deadline that they would abandon the whole project i think i guess it it requires a lot of self awareness as well <laughs> yeah and i suppose you're using these milestones to further motivate you you know to use the analogy of fitness you, you maybe start without being able to do a single press up eventually you can do 10 in a row if you've written down in advance one day i will be able to do 10 press ups and then a few months later you can all of a sudden mm-hmm. that 100 press up goal seems slightly more reachable doesn't it and i suppose the same is is true in language learning if you say to yourself i'm going to hold a, co- a basic conversation with someone in french which seems like a distant dream 6 months later if you do it i'm going to be able to write a a letter complaining about mm-hmm. my phone contract in french seems slightly more achievable doesn't it yes that's true you build up you build up confidence and you build up trust in yourself and trust in the method um as well as you go as you go along and the goals can be much much smaller than this you know holding a conversation is actually a pretty big goal you can further yes uh break it down into much 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 smaller uh, asking things. someone for the time let's say something you can yeah, do exactly. instantly <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, or 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 thinking about the number of words you want to you want to know or this like the speed of recall or maybe like speed of talking. Um I think for when it comes to speaking especially there is this additional factor that many people have um many people are just shy. So even if they know how to say something they are just not the kind of person who would come up to somebody at this, on the street uh, and say something. So it's kind of mm. it's kind of adjacent to <laughs> to the language, to the language learning or, or speaking um, or speaking goal itself, which much what can make it what can make it hard to practice, especially for people who don't who don't live in in countries where the language that they are learning is spoken or who don't know people who speak that language and might not feel comfortable doing a language exchange on italki or or use any platform when they essentially talk to strangers so when you're working with a client that they've kind of worked out what their north star is they've worked out what their smaller milestones are how do you bake that into their life are you creating calendar events saying on a monday a wednesday and a friday we're going to be doing grammar then speaking then something else or do you do it even more granularly you know on a monday morning at 7am you're going to be learning six vocab items before you turn on the kettle what what's the approach to make sure that these things happen i mean again it it's, it depends uh it depends on the person how granular how granular you go but indeed you have to be um you have to be specific um um but there is a there is a very well known framework on how to instill new habits or cause behavioral uh behavioral change so it, i try to refer to that um and the framework has three steps uh so first of all you need to be clear on how you're going to perform um uh, a task um and that involves things like whether you will need any equipment um so if you're doing an um exchange on italki you probably need a computer you need to make sure it works you need to make sure you have working headphones microphone things like that just like preparing for a podcast um and this actually also this step also involves planning for time and space 
So you need to be clear to yourself where, when and where exactly the activity is happening. Um, so planning, planning, um, then putting this event in the calendar is a, it's like an extra step that you can do if it, if it works for you, if you use the calendar. Some people I work with don't really use Google Calendar, so that would be pretty useless to them to say that mm. uh, to have a reminder at 8 a.m. that uh, they're going to learn 10 French verbs. Um, that step also involves making sure that the person is aware of how the process works. So, yeah, I don't know, for, langu for language learning, I can't think uh, whether the process would be hard, but I don't know if you're doing a review on Anki, like, are you, are you familiar with this application? Do you know what to click? Do you know how to turn it on? Things like that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the how-to um, component. Then the second component is the environment component. So are there any ways in which you can change your environment to make it easier to perform the task? Uh, either make it easier or remove obstacles that would prevent you from doing so. So I think for for language learning, it could be something like I don't know, putting a reminder somewhere near your computer. Like the first the first thing you you see when you wake up would be this reminder, or or an open textbook on your desk that you leave the day before, and then the first thing you see when you sit down at your desk is this is this textbook um, that, that you're planning to use for um, for learning. For fitness goals, for example, it would be things like, you know, you plan to do yoga every morning, so you actually roll out the yoga mat next to your bed, and then when you put your feet down in the morning, they actually touch the yoga mat, and that's your kind of trigger to, oh, I was meant to be doing this. So is this more about removing friction or creating reminders? Uh, it's it's both. So when I talk through through um, the process with a client, I will try to identify if they predict any obstacles to happen. For instance, I recently spoke to somebody whose goal was to start work at like the exact time they are meant to be starting work, eight a.m. rather than like procrastinate and you know, start work at nine. And I asked, okay, so what do you actually do in the morning? What are things that can prevent you from doing this? It's like, oh, you know, I make tea. So, okay, so is there anything that sometimes happens that prevents you from making tea? Like you maybe don't have tea <laughs> or you don't have... <laughs> you don't like have a pretty critical component. <laughs> exactly. Or you don't have milk and uh, the person actually says, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like I should make sure that I have these things because otherwise I might... It has happened that I have to pop out to a store to buy these things. Like, okay, well, right. then... Then that's a huge time sink. Exactly. Then how about you think about this the day before? Like, you visualize the whole process, all the, all the small steps. You know, I have to put on my socks. I have to, like, take, the, take a shower. Like, all of these things are steps that can go wrong. Yeah. And in a language learning context, too, I suppose there might be other obstacles, too. You know, like, I really want to, to write three sentences... Uh, in French, but there might just be something that prevents you from doing that. You know, something that gets you so you stuck. Having have a, a pen. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. But, but but also something a, a bit more related related to the learning. You know, not having someone on hand to help you when you're stuck, or not knowing what to do if you're really stuck on a certain word. Not not having the tools mm -hmm. as a learner to find a way around it, uh, or, or or to use a way of describing something rather than using the actual noun. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, a relative clause, let's say. So, so I, I suppose these are, are also obstacles which you could come up against mm -hmm. when you're learning. 
and it's about knowing the knowing that these obstacles are likely to happen and learning in advance how to deal with them mm-hmm. rather than not only addressing the obstacle but also learning how to deal with the obstacle at the time the obstacle comes that's true yeah and an unprepared person actually is likely to drop the task completely especially if the motivation is low and it tends to be low especially in the beginning stages of of building yes. of building a habit so you just you just think you kind of uh, many people tend to blame themselves like oh of course i don't know how to do it of course this is too hard it like it proves something that they a false belief that they started the process with oh gym is just not for me oh french is just not for me mm. um, because of these but- obstacles and like making yourself aware that everybody has the same obstacles it's normal it's going to happen and yes. preparing for that just prevents this loss of yeah. motivation because you know when you do face an obstacle th- these are pivotal moments in your learning right if you get through it not only do you have the benefit of continuing with your study but also the feeling of having overcome an obstacle is super motivational That's and true. when you reach a- an obstacle if you don't have the skills to deal with it there and then you just don't have the energy to not only deal with the obstacle but also deal with learning the skills to overcome the obstacle in that very moment mm-hmm. the same is true in performance a lot of performers make sure that they plan for things to go wrong on the stage mm. you know they say well what if for example uh, my keyboard synthesizer can't play that sound anymore um, or, or what if I get heckled as a stand-up comedian or what if as a dancer my costume were to fall off rather than and that happens, right? You know, mm-hmm. in every live performance, something's bound to happen. Rather than going, well, if my skirt were to somehow uh, be stood on by another performer and therefore it gets ripped off, rather than in that moment panicking and going, oh my goodness, well, sh- should I put it back on? Should I run off stage? Should I carry on dancing? There's a plan. Mm-hmm. The director or the producer will say, if there's a costume failure, run off to the closest wing and there'll be someone there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Or if the, synth- if the synth doesn't work, there's a there's a backup keyboard uh backstage play on a regular piano for this section or mm-hmm. if there's a heckler know whether this is a hostile heckler or whether someone that wants to join in if they're just someone that wants to join in uh be polite if there's someone that's hostile call security or, or whatever it is and kind of going through these plans in advance not only build these soft skills which can be used in your actual performance but also mean that when these moments of crisis happen all you're doing is thinking about executing a plan rather than worrying about what to do it's yeah, that's that's true. I think it it very much applies to um, to building to building habits. So what happens when your habits have been built? So let's say I just I've managed to create a routine that during my lunch break I'm doing Anki reviews, and when I get home at night I'm parroting a podcast or you know whatever it is. Is there a chance that the habit will stop? Um, or is the nature of a habit that it has a kind of inertia that it won't <laughs> um, I mean there's always there's always a non-zero chance of anything happening um, I mean, there's, there's always a chance it would stop um, especially especially if there are other changes happening in your life I don't know mm. um, well I suppose my question is how can I make sure that it doesn't stop because it's hard <laughs> enough to build a habit how do I make sure that it continues um I think it's it's important um it's important to continually review your performance and like keep preparing for failures like noticing if you if you start slipping you know if your review time rather than 10 minutes becomes 5 for example you know being aware that this is happening um and I think it's also very important to add 
kind of add to motivation along the way, like keeping aware of your progress. So focusing or every now and again stopping and making sure that you are aware how far you've come. Maybe that's uh, that's where we come back to the idea of milestones. Um, you have a moment where you either make a, like a big review and like just tell yourself, oh, like, look, I knew zero, now I know 50 words. Or it's um, like a bigger challenge that you were aiming towards, like maybe actually going to the shop and interacting with somebody in German and buying a computer in German or ordering a cup of coffee, you know, however big or small this, um, this challenge would be. And it's fine to change your mind, I suppose, isn't it? No, it's never fine to change your mind. You have to, you have to <laughs> stick to it forever, only once you start it, it never goes away. Um, uh, that's, that's actually a very, a very good point, um, especially, uh, I want to say, especially for people like me. I mean, I don't, I don't know who are people like me. There are people who tend to get like, addicted to, to their habits and uh, they lose sight of why they were doing something in the first place. So, you know, they might have been preparing to enter this university or get a better job. Uh, they build a habit towards it and then they change their mind about the university, but like the habit of learning Japanese mm. or German or something kind of stayed. Um, and it feels, and it feels weird to stop, <laughs> but, or, yeah. you know, you have, you start or, or it having feels like the, you've wasted your time. There's a certain sunk yeah, cost. Yeah, yeah, the sunk cost. Exactly. That's what I was about to say that like, it feels, it feels weird to stop it once you have invested so much, even though this skill is actually useless to you. So, so what do you advise in those cases? Well, just stop it. <laughs> if it's <laughs> don't do things that are useless, that's, that's a general life advice. 